Yes, I said it, the Kinky Hair Culture Podcast. I hope everyone's having a wonderful, wonderful week. And if not, always remember this. It's going to be okay. And go after your dreams. Today's episode, we had the honor of interviewing Dr. Knight. She is one of the reasons why North Carolina has their own natural hair license now. And instead of you going to go get a full cosmetology license and you just want to just do natural hair now you're able to it because she's one of them dr knight was one of them that went out there to fight for you to get your natural hair license and i'm going to stop it right there because if i tell you everything you ain't going to want to listen to the rest of it so sit back relax get to know miss dr knight she is located in fayville north carolina so sit back and relax Hi. Hello. How you doing? I'm well, Candace. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Please awesome. introduce yourself. Okay. So I am Dr. Rainy Griffith Knight. I am a doctorate in professional cosmetology. No, I'm not an MD. I don't provide any health um, advice. But I am a doctorate in professional cosmetologist of ma- a dual master's degree holder, administration, and adult education. I am also a psychologist, a um, trichologist, a loctician, natural hair expert, educator, philanthropist, um... I'm well. Actually, I'm the. I am a natural hair. Uh, what? Uh, some would say the the maverick of natural hair care here in North Carolina. Okay. So, I think I I think I feel comfortable standing in those shoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, all that underneath your belt, you sound so like humble. You have a lot. <laughs> The God be the glory, you know. He um he he put me exactly where I was supposed to be and to do exactly what it is. I'm still trying to figure it out. Like, okay, God, what is all of this? You told me to do this. Okay, so I see a little bit, but I'm confused. <laughs> you know, so just trying to, you know, stay with my arms extended to find out, okay, what's my life journey? Like, what am I supposed to be? doing and you know what's going to be my legacy when I'm done here so thank you so much for that observation you're welcome can you give us a little bit of history about you being natural how you started and what made you decide to be natural and 
I know that you have locks, so you could just incorporate all that into one. Okay. Let me see how I can simplify that. How much time do we have again? Talk. It's, it's <laughs> about you. I don't need to know everything about you, so feel free. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. So, Candice, I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. And if I don't know where you're from, but one thing about Brooklyn, I'm a, I consider myself a RBG. So I'm a real black girl mm-hmm. from the from the streets of the heart of Brooklyn, Flatbush. And I was raised by a single mother who had two daughters. And- I will say this. I will say this. I'm from New, originally from New York, too. I'm from Harlem, so okay. I can relate when you talk about the city. So go ahead, continue. Yes, <laughs> definitely. So you know, our mothers, you know, you had a mother in the 70s. They had to do whatever they had to do in order to survive. So, you know, especially being a single, a single mother, like it's the road is the road is terribly hard and long. I, you know, never would have yeah. imagined. My mother was like a magician. She would just make things happen. And I never understood you know we're talking about a woman with a high school education in new york and you know new york is expensive so yes she didn't have time to do our hair she worked during the week um eight to five and also on the weekend she had a part-time job on the weekends so she didn't have time to fuss with our hair so she would send us to get our hair braided and um I don't know, on the weeks that she couldn't get in, she would do my hair. And so let me just say this, the girl that used to braid my hair, she had really slim fingers and she would do these, oh man, unimaginable braid styles that just made me feel so cute, so adorable. And when my mom couldn't get in with her, my mom would do it. So I would take the braids down and call myself rearranging it so that I can feel just as adorable as when Monique did my hair. (laughs) So, you know, so that's how I learned to braid. So I tell people that God gave me braids at the age of seven um, because I really did. I had to endure a lot to, to get, you know, a feeling to get my hair braided, to get that feeling of you know, you know, cuteness, being adorable, you know, those types of things. And you know you're adorable because everywhere you go, everybody's just like, oh, can I see your hair? Can I see your hair? Yes. You know, (laughs) so you definitely (laughs) understand that feeling of being adorable. And, you know, you just grow into that and, you know, you become accustomed to it. And so that was me. And as I grew, I would just, I would do my doll baby's hair. I would braid it up. So I ended up leaving New York to come to Fayetteville, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. So I left a culture-filled place to come to a culture-less place. And so North Carolina was really good for me. It really was. Um, But the problem was... I still, you know, like, I still had to have my hair braided. So I actually made it to the cheerleading team by braiding hair. And so mm-hmm. I would braid hair and um, I would braid hair and for all of the cheerleaders and they would put their hairspray and put their bangs up really high. And so that was it. And did that all the way. So then I went to college and I was braiding my hair because that's all I that's all I knew. All, all I knew to do with hair 
was braids. We wasn't raised going to the salons and getting, you know, a, throughout my lifetime, we've tried the jerry curl. We tried the, when I graduated from high school, I cut all, all my hair off and relaxed it and got a stacked bob. And my dad is just like, I don't know, what's wrong <laughs> with you? You you cut your hair off just to add somebody else's hair to it. And I'm just like, wow. You know, did you ever have a relaxer? I did. In high school, I cut all of my, I got my hair cut for graduation and got it stacked in a bob. And she put some gold spray in the front. And honey, I thought that I was something. <laughs> my daddy said, well, you just had somebody hair, somebody else hair in it next week. I don't know why you cut all your hair off. And, you know, that's how it was when I left to go to college. I was braiding my hair. So a girl from Charlotte, Sharice, I'll never forget her. She says, who braided your hair? I said, I did. And this was in 1991. I said, I did. And she was like, well, um, could you braid mine? So I braided her hair. And I never stopped braiding after that. So I was braided. I braided everybody's hair on campus. So much so that I flunked out. So before I got my undergraduate degree, so I ended up flunking out of Winston-Salem and moving to Fayetteville. And um, I said, well, I'm not going to braid no hair. I'm just going to graduate. And I'll never forget when I left to go, when I was getting ready to leave to go to college, my dad is just like, I don't know why you want to go to college. And I'm like, what do you mean? And, you know, he didn't know. I didn't know. He said, college ain't no place for no black girl. You better go on out there and join the military and get you a GEO storm. <laughs> because that, <laughs> that's what I, I, that's the car. That was my dream car in high school. Mm -hmm. And so I came from a place, Fayetteville, North Carolina is a place that people got cars when they turned 16. And definitely their senior year. Like, so I just yeah. knew my dad was going to get me a GEO storm. When he found out I was going to college, he was like, you can get your own GEO storm if you just join the military. <laughs> <laughs> but I chose to go to college instead. It was a great experience. But before I got my undergraduate degree, I flunked out of school maybe four or five times. Mm -hmm. And every time I flunked out, I heard my dad say, college ain't no place for no black girl. And, you know, the older I got, the more determined I was. But the determination didn't really hit me until I um, flunked out one time. And my boyfriend at that time said, you know, you're talented. I don't know why you just don't go to cosmetology school. And I'm like, cosmetology school? What's that? So he was telling me about the place that was on campus at Fable State, um, that had the, um, what was it? There was a beauty salon in there. So I went and I spoke to her and she told me the same thing. I had to be a cosmetologist and she told me to go over there to Fayetteville Beauty College. So Miss um, Edith sent me over to Fayetteville Beauty College and that's, what I, that's where I went, you know. So off to cosmetology school. It took me nine months to complete. I was dedicated. I went every day, missed no days. Um, passed all my tests. So after that, I graduated just to find out that they had stopped the licensure program. They said, wow. oh, you don't need a license to do braids. 
strength is a cultural art. So, are you that- glad that they? Uh, I know you were frustrated, like you said, Dag. I finally went to school for this. I'm getting my de- degree in, well, my um, cosmetology license in it now that they took it away. I know not, it's frustrating for you, but not did even you see a, it as a blessing. Not yeah, not even a bit. I wasn't discouraged, wasn't frustrated. It was just like, oh wow, I had been exposed to something because I was ignorant before, mm-hmm. you know, and very naive. Like I believed everything, and you know, this was like. 95, 96, 97. You know, I really could have been a dermatologist if somebody would have told me that, hey, you can be a dermatologist. You know, you can go to school. You can learn about skin, you know. But, you know, that was a white woman, white male. You know, there was nobody in my community at any college fairs or any fairs that said, hey, I'm a dermatologist. And, you know, had a smile on their face and was really inviting for that so I never aspired to be a dermatologist I wish that I would have because that's the other side of hair Um, but yeah so but and you know I would have been a good one but that wasn't my aspiration going to cosmetology school introduced me to adult life you know Uh because I was in college and college is you know like a lot of people's family put them there, so they take care of them. A lot of my friends didn't have to work. You know, they had care packages coming in the mail, all of those types of things. So it was very sheltering. You know, they they let you do a lot, but still it was very sheltering because in the dorm, you couldn't go out. You know, you, they, you had yeah. regulations that you had to abide by. And so going to cosmetology school, I was there with mothers and grandmothers and people that was down on their luck. And this was their last shot at life, you know, so I really got to see a different side of life. And, you know, I'd never been around people that really stole, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. people were stealing everything in cosmetology school if you didn't put your name on it. That's not, that was not my experience in college. And so I just, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that I had that experience. And I remember when I was graduating, the way that we graduated was individually upon getting your hours. And um, they said, when I stood up, I said, well, you know, it's been real. What I'm going to do is um, I'm going to stick with braids. You know, I don't think that I'm trained well enough to be out here to deal with relaxers by myself or cutting people's hair or things of that nature. So therefore, I am going to stick with what I know. And that's what I did. I um, stayed with braids. One of my frat brothers came to get me and he said, hey, I heard you was about to graduate. I got this barbershop over here and um, X, Y, Z. So I went and took a look at it. And I said, okay, I'll take it. Because some backstory is while I was in cosmetology school, I would leave there at 4.30 and I was headed to somebody's house to do some type of braiding or, you know, some type of weave style. And so I did that every day. And, you know, as going to cosmetology school, it really formalized a lot of things. It gave me a lot of theory. So when I would go to someone's house, I showed up in my white uniform I would set up my station just like I was in in school all day. And <laughs> they look at you like you was crazy? 
No, I, that was the standard, I guess. Because again, we're talking about 1996, 1997. So when I went to somebody's house, I was professional going into somebody's house. I had people don't do that now. Time. They don't do that now. Uh-uh. <laughs> I can only imagine. I can, but me, I took my whole kid out the car. I would roll my kid in. I would set up everything that I wanted to do, whatever the person. I was very professional. I sure was. And I think that's how I made it. Because people would just refer my refer me to other people, you know, like, and people were rooting for me. So I really think that that's how I made it, my professionalism, and that I would have to accredit to cosmetology school. So let me ask you this question, okay? Mm-hmm. How did you get into the natural hair? Natural because... hair, okay. So I told Ooh. you that I told them that I was going to just I was just going to focus on braids right mm-hmm. so once I graduated from Fable Tech I left and I went to enroll at Fable State and I said you know I'm going to finish this time and so I moved into I graduated moved into the barbershop took a vacation came back enrolled in school and began working in the back of the barbershop going to and going to school at the same time. It came around that I was I would be able to study abroad. So I said, ooh, that'd be nice. So I went to study abroad. My major was going to Africa. Mm-hmm. While I was there, um, so I studied abroad that following summer. And um, when I got to Africa, I thought that I was going to see all sorts of braids and all sorts of, at that time I was calling them dreads. So all types of dreads. I thought that I was going to see, you know, just all of these things. And when I got there, I looked high and low. There was nobody wearing dreads, nobody rocking locks, some people wearing braids. But it was just a specific real braid style. So I wasn't, I didn't see any intricate braid designs and details and things like that. It was when they wore braids, it was necessity. All of the schoolgirls, they all wore short haircuts. And mm-hmm. the people that worked in government offices, they all wore um, neat, clean braid styles. You know, so it was a, a way of life for a lot of Africans. It wasn't about being creative and being artistic or anything like that. And I guess that's what I thought that I was going to see, especially like looking at, you know, the high, the pictures of the Egyptians and, you know, learning that braids originated in Africa. I thought that I was going to see a lot of that. So what I did see of the people that were like, because a lot of security guards, a lot of, um, ambassadors and sophisticated women wore relaxed hair. Short relaxed cuts is wow. what the sophisticated women or you know the guards or mm-hmm. you know people and but all of the hair was like a reddish cast over it. So now reflecting on what I learned when I was at um, when I was at um cosmetology school red yellow and blue are the pigments that are in the hair blue is the largest molecule and the easiest one to look to um remove so you remove the blue pigment and then it's left with a reddish cast and so that's what i stayed upon and i'm like why is everybody's hair damaged 
And so then when I came, well, while I was there, I was looking for context clues. I, I noticed a lot of box relaxers. Mm-hmm. I noticed that, you know, it was real hot. The preservation of the product itself was not good. And so when I went home, I just began writing. I was like a mad scientist, writing, writing, writing. And so I was telling people like, listen, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to uh, relax your hair if you're going to be braiding it. In fact, it's best that if you're going to braid it, that you would just leave the relaxer out for at least two weeks, give me something to grip, and then come back to get it braided. Meanwhile, you know, I was still researching. So that's how I ended up getting into natural hair. So the next summer when I went to Africa, I and I had a big old fro. And so they were like, everywhere I went, they were like, oh man, she got a fro. So every year I did something exotic and went back to the continent. The next year I did locks. And, um, I was actually I gotten reconnected with um, one of my uncle's nieces. And so she was into fashion and I was into hair. And we really had we really had great times every summer. We had friends and I just I would I would go and I would study braids. I actually worked in a hair salon and I didn't do that's the only time that I ever applied professional relaxers was when I was in Africa. Um, did you like doing it? No, I just did it to show them how to properly do it. Apply relaxer okay. and proper use techniques. But I didn't accept any monetary reward. I only accepted cloth and paintings and wood wood designs and stuff like that. So I was okay. very strategic. And um I also exchanged my services for meals, you know, the opportunity to come and, you know, dine with them and just kind of be immersed in the culture. So I did that. I went home with a couple of people and um, just kind of, you know, learned to cook, learned to sew, just, you know, did a, a lot of things. My eyes and my feet and my hands landed upon. Meanwhile, I was um, here throughout the year. And I was um, collecting research and I was um, writing and things of that nature. I actually did take a student with me to Africa and I took her to the person in which I studied braids under. So she was able to study braids under and she was able to receive a certificate. So that was pretty cool. Um, And then. um, Well, let me ask you this. uh You said something about. Um, when you went there, the color of their hair was like had like a red tint to it, and you said yeah. it was blue, red, and yellow. Can you um, explain that to everyone, please, so they sure. get an idea what that what you're talking about, so they they'll know themselves. Okay, so cosmetology is based. The theory is based on science, right? So mm-hmm. when we learn about hair and the the makeup of hair you know, the cuticle cortex and medulla. What we learned was that the hair had three pigments in it. It had a yellow, blue, and red. And so the blue was the largest um, molecule and the yellow was the smallest. 
So, and it, you know, it also has a lot to do with um, bonds, creating bonds and breaking bonds and, mm-hmm. you know, the color theory and things of that nature. So one thing that always stood out to me is that whenever that blue uh, molecule was m- removed, you'll know that, you know, you'll just be left with the red and the yellow. And so when you look at a person's hair and you see that they have a relaxer, if they have a reddish tint to their hair, then that's because the blue molecule has been moved. That means that the hair is damaged. So what we always had to do in cosmetology school was when we applied relaxers, we had to still make sure that we did not over-process the hair. And you can tell over-processing by the reddish tint that was left in the hair. Wow. Okay. Look, thanks for that information. No <laughs> that worries. Interesting. No when you worries. said it. So after you came from there, Africa, and twice and getting cosmetology, you came back to Faber, North Carolina. What mm-hmm. did you start doing there? I was still. I still had my place in the back of the barbershop. So probably about my third or fourth Mecca, I um went ahead and started opening my own salon. So I remember getting ready to go to New York, paying the deposit for my first um, salon. This is me moving out of the barbershop. Um, Also, I began training people in the back of the barbershop. I had them to reconstruct the entire back of the barbershop to make space (laughs) for Mm -hmm. my people because I had started training. So during the times that I would leave and go to New York, I ended up getting my instructor's license. So I graduated from Fayetteville State with my undergraduate in um, in psychology. I went back over to Fayetteville Beauty College and enrolled in the instructor's program. In 2001, I graduated, received my instructor's license, and I also opened my first salon. And, How was that experience? Um, it was it was light work. A- again, my feet moved. I, you know. I hear people threaten to open businesses and start businesses and stuff. I didn't have a business license. I didn't have anything. I actually was just moved into that direction. So I didn't have a marketing plan. I had no social media. I had not even an email address. I had some dial-up internet. (laughs) Every now and then and some Ask Jeeves. So, you know, it was, you know, it was strictly a spiritual move, a move of, you know, this is just what has to happen because I can't take over this man's barbershop with my people. So I had to go across the street. So once you start your school and you said that you teach, so explain your teaching. What do you teach in your cosmetology school? So I got my teacher's license in 2001. I did not... I, I got my my first school in 2021. So before that, I would teach over at Fayetteville Tech. So I created a curriculum. Well, actually, I was in New York. I met Diane Bailey, and she had a program in New York called um, at Mega Ever. So I specifically went to New York so that I could. Um, get into that natural hair braiding course with at Mega Evers. And so I actually met her. And then um, I would just go to her every time I went to New York. She knew I was in North Carolina. I would, you know, just kind of 
And she just told me, because I said, well, I want to do what you did at Mega Evers here at Fable Tech. And also the same thing with the New York 92 that you did in New York as well, because it was her and a group of people that got a license for natural hair care in New York. And the license number was the New York 92. And so I wanted to do that here. And um, that's what I went on a journey to do. I actually was able to work with the state in order to get a natural hair license. I taught um, I brought the natural hair curriculum to Fayetteville Tech. So Fayetteville Tech had the first natural hair curriculum in the entire state of North Carolina. And um, we worked with a man out of Winston-Salem, Conrad, and his House of Representative lady, Arlene mm-hmm. Harmon. And we produced the natural hair braiders license in Fayetteville, uh, I mean, in North Carolina. So you get the credit of North Carolina having the natural, where you could actually get your natural hair license and don't have to go to cosmetology school. Right. So, I don't know if I get the credit for I it. Mean, well, you, <laughs> I mean, well, you. But I did. I definitely have the blood, sweat, and tears behind it. Wow. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, yeah. You know, for some people, they, they see it, and other people, they don't. I think that it's a great... Um, I, 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 my master's degree, my thesis, um, was North Carolina Hair Braiders Outlawed. And so what I did was I researched all of the states and, you know, to see what the regulations was around the world as it related to natural hair care and African American hair in general. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the only thing we had here in the state was a couple of chapters that taught about, you know, wet hairstyling, chemical relaxers, soft curl permanents and things of that nature. And so the curriculum that I was wanting to bring forward would definitely highlight what to do with the curly texture hair, multicultural transcontinental, the overly curly hair, coily hair as well. And so it included braiding, it included weaving, twisting, locking, um, all of those, cutting, being able to shape it. And, you know, so that's what, what my program was born so and that's why the dual masters was accomplished so with the masters of administration we looked at policy was North Carolina hair braiders outlawed we were we were not covered by any laws you know just opening a salon did not make you a professional you Mm -hmm. you would have had to undergo professional training in order to be a professional and so that's what You know, that's exactly what we had to do. We had to implement a place where, you know, you can get the training, then you go to a board and they certify, you know, they say, okay, yes, no, maybe so. And um, that's exactly what happened. Was Um, it hard for you to get the base of the bill um, passed? It took about five years because the first, first time, let me try to remember what year that was. Um, I know, what year was that? It had to be about 2008 we began. Mm-mm, maybe a little bit earlier than that. I'd have to go back and look at 
to get the records. I just know the final bill and we had to extend it because when they rolled it out, they rolled it out incorrectly. They made us take a test and it's like, uh, yeah, there's language barriers. There's all types of barriers. One thing I do remember is that when we were trying to get people, you know, this was back in the early 2000s. There were not very many people proclaiming to want to do natural hair. Everybody yeah. was still considering it taboo. They're like, even when I graduated from cosmetology school, they're like, you're not going to do any relaxers you're just gonna do braids oh my gosh you're not gonna make it and i'm like you know it was you like, just it see was for me to make it but you know th- there was nothing else because i didn't feel comfortable um cutting people's hair and you know applying a relaxer oh my gosh that was that was big stuff like you know yeah. having to keep up with the consultations and how much formulations and, you know, going to cosmetology school, they are really rigid when it comes to this relaxing. You had to do everything just so. You had to make sure. And it was taboo to do anything wrong. So when I graduated, I wasn't, I didn't want to do that without having an instructor by my side. Mm-mm. Yeah. So I chose to leave it alone. It was too much responsibility for me. And so people didn't think that it would it would it would go. So but it did. And then we just kind of grew into that natural hair. So when I was work when I was lobbying with the state, there was nobody coming out that was natural hair, natural hair. The only persons that were coming out were the African hair braiders. Mm. Yep. So that's the only people that I had on our side. And they just wanted to be able to keep their license. So I actually became an advocate for a lot of natural hair, not a lot of African hair braiders in my area. So then I, I put together a curriculum for passing the state board. And so I had a, a how to pass state board prep course. And only people that were coming were primarily Africans. There were a few Black Americans that came through, but for the most part, those Africans were in my program because they wanted to pass the test. But there were so many barriers, language barriers, they eventually had to do away with the test. Um, The Africans did have an attorney that represented them, so they were eventually able to just say like, um, they, they they did something different and then finally the last three years they was able to um just say if you braided hair you can get a license because the representative was tired she didn't want to deal with braiders for her whole career and so I remember I the year that I gave birth I actually gave birth and it was like and it was March the 21st or something like that had to be that it had to be in the desk of Congress in order for it to be voted on. So I actually remember just turning the hospital room. I sent my daughter to the nursery and I turned the hospital room into the office so that I could get this typed and set up. So then we got the extension and we got the extension for three years. So then that made it so like 2014 or 15, you had to be licensed if you were practicing in the state of North Carolina. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So 
let me ask you a question. So we was on Clubhouse <laughs> the other day. Uh-huh. And one of the topics was talking about um, getting, do you need your cosmetology license? Do you, you know, uh-huh. What do you feel about that? Because I know it's a bunch of people who was actually talking and stuff, but what is your perspective on it? Those who like actually don't have their license, but still do hair. I think that you, again, going with my, and I may have to go back and blow the dust off my original um, master's degree, my thesis, um, North Carolina um, Hair Braid is Outlawed, um, and just kind of go back and reiterate some of the points. What I remember mainly in my research was that, you know, you wouldn't go to a doctor if they didn't have license. License means something. So you see how you just asked me about the, the molecules because going to school is not that you, you, you're not going to school because you're like, oh, I can do hair. So why do I need to go to school? No, you have to go and learn about, I can go and have a conversation with the cosmetologist and I, and I've done this, like I've been hired to teach specific skills and I can't even teach this skill because these cosmetologists don't even know what hair is. They're making six figures every year and they don't know what hair is. Wow. Right. So I have to break it down, have to find, teach them about hair. And it's more than just what's on your head. So hair was given to us as, you know, for adornment and also to let us know what's going on within our bodies. Our bodies manufacture hair, mm-hmm. you know, so there's a science to it. It's not like you can just put products on your on your hair and say, oh, okay, this is going to make my hair grow good. Let me use it. That's not the way that hair growth works. Hair growth grows from within the body. And, Amen. Say that again. Know, no, for that's years, right. nobody understood the hair in the body um, connection and like even now like I can have my students to do a consultation or somebody to do a consultation and they're like well why do we need why do you need to know what kind of medications I'm taking well you telling me that you have hair loss you're telling me that you want me to help you grow your hair like I need to know what you're putting inside of your body because that's what we're going to be dealing with that's coming out on the other end and that's the scalp mm. you know so do I believe that you need life I do believe that there should be professional standards do I believe that these boards that are out are equipped to handle natural hair care education no I do not because on a couple of other um, clubhouses a couple of weeks ago we were in a room and they were talking about the science of hair and so I, I pointed out that I teach from chapter 5 and chapter 5 talks to, to us about hair growth and hair growing from within the body and so one of the speakers was just like well that book is outdated and I'm wow. like so many it, it's the standard for natural hair care how is it outdated and secondly hair growing hair is is a science and it's so outdated. how is that outdated like excuse me but 
Nobody, had, the body has not per- stopped performing the way that it has performed for years. Amen. Say it again. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so, you know, no, it's not. But there's so much confusion. No real research has been done to su- support or, um, su- or uh, uh, what's the word, um, substantiate um, a lot of things other than what we think. And we think that you put stuff on your hair, you spend a lot of money on hair growth products and your hair is going to grow. You can use mm-hmm. a little bit of wild growth oil and your hair is going to grow. And that's a fallacy to me. But if enough people aren't educated on it, it doesn't matter that it's a fallacy to me or not because I don't have yeah. the support of the masses. And wow. so we don't have the support of the masses because people are, aren't learning you know, cosmetology would do. I think that cosmetology is the answer. I would have to beg to disagree. Why? Because in 1930, I know in North Carolina, it was like 32, 33, 34. It's been a while since I researched and since I looked at it, but no later than 34. Where were we? We were trying to get a site, a seat on the bus. (laughs) We were, you know, how were we included? So biologically, all hair is the same. Physiologically, hair is different. The texture is different. And we need to, and it's different is not bad, but we need to learn about it. And so that it, it's something that we can be proud of so that every little girl can feel adorable like I did when I got my hair braided. Like I didn't feel like it was too much pressure. It wasn't pulling out my hair. I didn't end up with traction alopecia. No, no, it wasn't uncomfortable to comb it. It was a great experience. Do you think the reason why um, the masses haven't, like, you know, actually come together because everybody's so opinionated? They don't want to refer back to the book. Everybody's trying to say, no, this is how it's supposed to be. Right. And everyone has not received that same education, that same level of education. Um, The experiences aren't the same. So, you know, there really needs to be a lot of decompression, just a lot of conversation about what a lot of things are really mean before we start addressing any type of nation, nationwide um, nationwide push for licensure. You know, like we had the other night, we just had a natural hair kickback, right? Mm-hmm. So we were talking about natural hair. We were talking about all things Black, you know, so some things we agreed on, some things we didn't agree on, but we were just having a conversation just and and just kind of enlightening people, bringing people up to speed about what it was. And it started out as a private conversation. And I think it got up to about 12 to 14 participants at one time. Mm-hmm. It's just like, wow, you know, it was just a natural hair kickback. It was it was so cool. We just talking, you know natural hair do you think we need to have license or you know what what should we do how should it look what would it look like you know and everybody had a lot of different uh, opinions and you know I think one of the main things there is an organization that's that's here that has been that it was established in 1919 it's called the National Beauty Cultures League I think that every cosmetologists, natural hair enthusiasts, natural hair um, practitioner should join that organization. 
mm-hmm. because that's definitely a good place in which it would it could come from. And how do you join that organization? So they are a national organization, which means that they have um, different states. And so the states have cities too. And so you join your local organization and from your local organization, then you become a national member. Okay. Are you and a part of it? I am a part of it. I'm in North Carolina. I'm actually the pre- one of the presidents for um, the Fayetteville chapter, the Fayetteville Hair Doctors. Um, we're chapter 61 and, um, I have, that's where I got my doctorate degree from because in the, was it the thirties, the thirties or the forties, they came up with their own education, um, system. And I should know this. I just need to go and just fact check. Like I've done some research in every year. You got a lot on your plate right now that, you know, you're trying to give out a lot of information and stuff. So it's normal to forget little bits and pieces and stuff, but you go, I know you write it down and you know, so. Yeah, (laughs) it's in the book. They have history books. So it's just a matter of just becoming familiar. Like I've done so much research that a lot of the dates will run together if I'm not careful. And I definitely don't want to put out the wrong information, but in some yeah. somewhere between, I want to say the 30s and the 50s, they started their own um, education. And it may have been, <clears throat> I can't remember. So some somewhere early in the 1900s, before the 50s, they started their own education program. So there are, you know, people have been getting doctorates in professional cosmetology for years. Like there are so many people that have the doctorate's degree. And it's, you know, it's a pretty extensive program. Like you do a residency and it's not like you can just um, go for six weeks or so and say that you're a doctor. Like it actually legit takes seven years. So you start off, you got four years for your undergraduate degree. Once you're finished with your undergraduate, you have master's one and master's two. And then after you're finished with those two master's program, then you go to doctorate and you have doctorate one, two, and three. And then there's a postdoc program as well. So yeah, (laughs) that's a lot of information. They do more than just hair care. They are talking trichology. They're talking hair loss. They're talking about practitioner. They're talking about history, the history of hair care in this country. So, you know, they're definitely the authority as it relates to natural, um, I mean, hair, cosmetology, the National Beauty Culturist League, um, an esteemed mm. group of women. Um, and, you know, I love, I'm, I love, I hate this COVID because I miss, we missed our conventions, but there's women that are close to 100 years old that come out to these conventions. Wow. The, mm-hmm, when the organization had their centennial event, um, I don't know if you heard of like Joyce Williams. She was, uh-huh. uh, yeah, um, she was there. You know, Alelia Bundles, because you know we started on the heels of Madam C.J. Walker. Yes. If you remember seeing that movie, mm-hmm. Self Made, towards yes. the end, where she was bringing all of those beauticians from all over the world. Yes. That's the National Beauty Cultures League. Wow. So you've seen, you know, the, the trans, transportation was limited, but these women were getting there. 
and they would come together and they made decisions about what was going to happen in black hair care. Mm. And they got That's things powerful. done. And it was enough to, they just turned, in 2019, they turned 100 years old. Hey, that's all right. Mm-hmm. So if people would just join that, and from that, you, you know, just help them, help them rebuild, help them get strong again, because they definitely have a lot of principles, a lot of history, a lot of foundation, and there's so much that can be done from just that one organization. Powerful. A lot of, a, a lot of, you know, if we come collective, think about how much dollars we have, how much buying power, how much years of experience we have. This is tons of collection. Yes, it, it makes no difference starting. I mean, it makes no sense to start something new where we have something that's viable that has all of that rigorous history. We just need to get in with it. So, your salon is in Fayetteville, North Carolina. I heard that you actually mentioned that you have hair products as well. And I do. they're for locks? Yes. Yes. So I have three salons and a school. Okay. Um, I see you all the so, baby. <laughs> so basically, it, and, and I look at my company, Nubians Inc. It's a holding company. So Nubians is natural unisex weeds, braids, nails, and skin. Nubians has four products. The first product is Nubians Natural Hair Care Gallery. So Nubians Natural Hair Care Gallery is a natural hair salon. They deal with braids. They deal with um, cuts, colors, coils. And um, what they do there is, you know, the blowouts, the hair braiding, the weaving, all of those. Because I don't know if I mentioned it, but Nubian stands for naturals, unisex, weaves, braids, nails, and skin. But Nubians also was the original people. The first people were Nubians, but you know, that Nubian was spelled N-U-B-I-A-N. So I was in humanities class at Fayetteville State when God shared with me the vision for Nubians as he was given to me. And uh, I was spelling it and he says, no, naturals, unisex, weaves, braids, nails, and skin. And I okay. said, oh, that is Nubians. So um, that's how the original people wore their hair, you know, Nubian related. And that's how you came up with the name of everything, including your hair care brand, right? That is that is my hair care brand, Nubians Inc. And so we have the hair, gal- hair care gallery where we care for natural hair. Um, so there's a lot of things that we do with care in mind and taking care of the hair. Also, we have um, Nubian. The second one was Nubian's Locks House. And so the Locks House is an all-locking hair salon. And we deal with just twists, locks, and coils. So okay. that's exactly what happens. It's an express lock shop. You can come in. I've taught all of my locticians how to retwist in 25 minutes or less. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the locks house. And then we also have 
the Hair Rejuvenation Clinic. So the Hair Rejuvenation Clinic is a, um, a restorative hair care center. We deal with a lot of remedies for hair loss, hair breaking. What we um, pride ourselves into is getting to the root of hair care and um, we are restoring the integrity back to the hair because what happens a lot of times is if there's hair breakage, it's because the integrity of the hair has been compromised. And huh. so the, the integrity, something that will, um, that will um, impact or um, reduce the hair integrity um, something as simple as what we described earlier, Candace. What did we talk about earlier? The yellow, blue, and red, how the color of your hair is Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So re- removing that blue molecule is a way in which the integrity has been compromised. It's going to leave the hair in a reddish reddish tint. So how do we restore that, right? How do we rejuvenate yeah. that? And those are things that we deal with at the hair clinic. Being so you teach everybody this? You yeah. got like classes that you actually teach people to get their natural hair license? Mm-hmm. Actually, um, so that's the fourth product, which is Heirlooms mm-hmm. Academy. Heirlooms Academy is an adult education training center. We have a natural hair curriculum in which whenever you're done, you can go and challenge the board, and get your license, um, for natural hair care you can also we have manicuring we also have aesthetics we have teachers training we have Mm -hmm. an herbalist program we have a trichology program we have business classes those are and we do like do it yourself and make and take classes so I have that set up in Fayetteville but also we have it like actually franchisees so they're like turnkey operations you can buy a locks house you can buy a rejuvenation clinic you can buy uh heirlooms academy you can buy any one of them and then i just come and i populate it get your people trained and you it's your business wow let me ask you a question when you meet i got two questions for you first one is when you say challenge the board to get your license what do you mean by that you have to take a theory test, a written mm-hmm. test, and you have to take a practical test. And okay. so that's what I mean by challenge the board. They give you the test and you have to prove to them that you can pass it with a score of 70 or above. Oh, okay. So and I you, also, do you teach them how to pass these yep. this test? I teach okay. them how. Yep. I have prep courses. I actually just got a call today from... Well, I had two people to go to the board this week. One went to the board for aesthetics um, aesthetics training, um, aesthetics teacher's training. So she called me today. She passed. So awesome. I'm excited. She was my first Vietnamese student. So I actually trained her to pass the board. And that's what she did. She passed the board. And then earlier in the week, I had one of my natural hair care students to go to the board. And she passed as well. Okay, let me ask you a question. Okay. Do Are you um, offering classes online or do they have to be in the building? Eventually, I'm going to go to... What state are you in, Candace? I'm in North Carolina. Oh, so you I'm are right there, yes. I'm about, about 45, 50 minutes from you, so in favor. Really? So I'm right in that area, yeah. 
Where are you from? Where you live? Uh, Longbourn, North Carolina. Oh, so yeah, you're not far from me at all. Uh, I'm like 45 okay. minutes. <laughs> okay, so yes. Um, and you're not net. You're not licensed. Uh, uh no, ma'am. Okay, so you have a design to get licensed. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 We can get that. The um course is twenty five hundred. Uh-huh. Um, they have it now to where you can do some of the components online. So if this is something that you want to do, we probably need to do it yesterday. Okay. So is this the whole? So I'm I'm asking these questions so those who listening they get to understand them how the process work with you. So you basically have to um, have the classes online, other half teach you like one on one in person, and then the, mm-hmm. you actually go and take the go to the board. Go to the board. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. And so once they finish the board, they get their license to be natural. Or do you teach actual cosmetology? Yeah. Or you just do this natural? Just natural. Mm-hmm. Yep. You'll get your natural hair license. And um, yep, you'll get your natural hair license. Okay. Well, I'm glad I was talking to you. So now that I know that you know, you're right here in Favor, North Carolina. Oh, yeah. I know where to go. <laughs> yes. Yes, 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 yes. That's I, awesome. I think that this is awesome. I mean, even even the more now with being like, oh, you're right here with me. That's so yes. cool. Good. Because I like to interview people and talk, let the, everybody know about how important your natural hair is and get people that's experienced and actually has hands-on, one-on-one with them. So this is a great opportunity that I like to, you know, do so everybody can understand. I want everybody to understand how important your natural care is. And I appreciate you being on this podcast and breaking down something as simple as the coloring mm-hmm. of your hair, the color of your hair to know when your hair is damaged or not. Mm-hmm. Most people don't know that. They think that, oh, my hair got this little tint on it. It's just fine. And actually, it might be something really wrong with your hair. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you giving out that knowledge mm-hmm. on it. So now, <clears throat> let me clarify as it relates to it's, and it, it's not. Let me see. It's not that it's something that you... Well, I don't know. You you could. I, if I wasn't trained to see it, I would not have been able to see it. You know what I mean? So it's yes. not really that it's a distinct change. You can really see it in the sun a lot. Um, so yeah, it's, it's more like a trained eye. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Well, I thank you so much for being on this podcast. Can you tell everybody where you're, uh, where to get all your social media sites, please? I'm almost embarrassed to share my social media sites because I really it's don't fine. do a lot. I want to do more, but um, you know. Well, you can tell about your school where you can find your school. Yeah. That's that's even better. The best way for people to get in contact with me is to call me. My telephone number is 910-257-8055. Again, the number is 910-257-8055. You may email me 
And you can email me at Nubians Hair Clinic. And again, the spelling of Nubians is N U W B N S Hair Clinic at gmail.com. Um, Nubians Hair Clinic. As it relates to texting, I'm not a fast responding, fast responder. Email, I'm not a fast responder. I'm going to, I typically get to my, t- my text message and my emails after like eight, nine o'clock at night when I get home, get the children settled and, you know, down to my time. So sometimes I, I'm not responding until maybe 10, 11 o'clock at night. Um, but yeah, I do typically get back within about 48, 72 hours. <laughs> I will definitely turn around even if I just say hey I see what you're looking for let me do some research and I'll get back to you so um yeah I'm definitely definitely around that way on I am on Facebook I am on Instagram I do like to watch everybody's information but for me a lot of times when I get around to it it's really really late so um but I am, you can find me at Arena Griffith. I'm A-I-R-A-I-N-A Griffith, G-R-I-F-F-I-T-H. And that's on Facebook and on Instagram. And um, yeah, I'm also, I'm at Nubians Inc. You can also find us at Hairlooms. Hairlooms is H A I R. L-O-O-M-S Heirlooms Academy as well as The Locks House. L-O-C-K-S H-O-U-S-E So that's all of the platforms. If you're trying to reach me, you can always reach me and I definitely will respond back to you. Okay, before I let you go, we always play a game. Which one has to go? So in this case, which one has to go? Bantu knots, twist out, braid out, or afro? Which one has to go? Oh, braid out. Why? Because, like, okay, so what I've learned is that uh, a knot will produce a curl. Okay. Afros are always, always good. Uh, braid will, will produce a crimp, and a twist will produce a wave. So the thing about the the braid, it produces that Z type of curl. Mm-hmm. And what typically happens with the Z is it's within a circle that the hair naturally produces the circle. So when you put that Z, it just doesn't last that long. That's why I love you. Because you sit, you sat there and explained from detail of the curl pattern and everything. You didn't waste no time. So everybody, uh-huh. if you're in the Fayetteville area, uh-huh. North Carolina, please go to this school because she sat there and broke down each wave, curl, twist, everything down. So she did not play when she's trying to educate you on natural hair. I was uh-huh. like, wow. And, you know, I actually have to, you know, teach that to my students because they're like, well, what's the difference with the Bantu knot and the way? And I'm just like, yeah. So you look at it when you braid, you have three strands of hair. You're going to produce a crimp. When you when you twist it, you're going to produce a wave. And when you knot it, it's going to curl out. 
Ooh. and afros you just can't do nothing about but you know there's ways to texturize that afro you texturize mm. that afro either using the curl the braid or the wave wow mm-hmm. yeah you know your stuff <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you hey thank Candace, you. It, yes. it was the, it, this has been a pleasure I really um, appreciate you asking me to do the podcast um i definitely love it and it was you know i i love i love clubhouse too i, I love yes. clubhouse i love just being able you, you know m- one of my missions with nubians inc is to trans transport um beauty you know we look at beauty on the outside so yes the way a person looks will determine whether or not we want to hear what they have to say Amen. So on podcasts and on club Clubhouse, it takes it out of it. Yeah, you have a picture, but that picture can be of anything, you yes. know. So I've seen people with pictures with cats and be giving uh, out good uh, good knowledge. You be like, wow, but they got you don't even know what they look like. They got a picture of a cat, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and I think that that's what it's like. If, you know, we we have no control of, of what we look like on the outside. And I know if your upbringing was anything like mine, I was always taught that you don't judge a book by its cover. You know, you Mm -hmm. don't look at people, you judge their hearts. And, you know, that's how you determine who you want to make friends with. But, you know, people, they they disregard that type of information. And they make, you know, they make all types of decisions based on what a person looks like. So... What what I'm trying to do is to transpose intrinsic beauty. So Amen. we're looking at be- beauty from the inside out and not from the outside in. And so Amen. that's why I have embraced this platform. And this is why I embrace also the Clubhouse platform. So yes. now, is this, is this um, programming, is it live or do you go back and edit it? I go back and... Um... But I go back and I edit it and make sure everything they get to know who you are without any spaces or anything in between it. So yes. And I will send it to you. Awesome. 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 So when do you think that this is going to air? Oh, I'll send over the date and everything to you. Oh, sounds mm-hmm. good. Yes. Right. So I'm looking forward to it. I thank you for your time and your opportunity and your interest in wanting to know about me and be able to share that information with other people. Thank you. And you have a blessed day. And I appreciate you for taking the time out to come on our podcast and talk hair and give actual knowledge of how the hair actually works and awesome. about you and your brand. Thank That's you. Fun. And thank you. I want to say this. and Thank you for being on the board for allowing well turning in your um information to allow people that do natural hair only to actually get a license so we appreciate you for that everybody oh. appreciate you for that so thank you for that too thank you thank you my pleasure i will do it again <laughs> <laughs> thank you and you have a blessed day thank you you do the same bye-bye bye-bye like this episode as much as I did man 
it's so amazing that she is the reason why North Carolina has their natural hair license. Most people, and I hear a lot, that when they go to cosmetology school, they don't really get the full information they need. It's like they got to go outside and they be able to understand like, oh, well, they don't teach you how to really love your natural hair. So I'm glad that I went to such and such and such and such and they taught me how to do this. So because of her, now there's natural hair schools in North Carolina. There's one in Lumberton. She has one too. it's, It's amazing because of her and some of her colleagues that allow us in North Carolina to have it. So thank you, Dr. Knight, for that. Thank you for teaching us about hair like most of y'all didn't know. For example, if your hair is red, the red tint on your hair, your hair is damaged. See, we don't be knowing things like that. We assume that we know. And this is about the little tips that people give that I interview and help you get to know your natural hair. It's amazing. And that's what this podcast does. We make sure that you get the right people to teach you how to take care of your natural hair. That's our goal, okay? We put you with the people that's behind the chair, that's in your head, and the product people that makes the product that's go in your hair. And this is what we do. And thank you, Dr. Knight. She has her salon in Fayville. So I will list that at the bottom of the podcast. So that way you can find, click, follow her, click know where she's located. Come on now, she she teaches, she has her own school to teach you things like this. So make sure y'all go out. If y'all are passionate about your natural hair, go check her out. All right. Thank you for each and every one of y'all for being on our podcast. If you'd like to be on our podcast, please go to kikihearcoach.com. Okay. And book your appointment with us okay book your appointment with us and if you'd like for us to sponsor be a sponsor for our podcast go to kinkyhairculture.com we're here for you because without y'all it would not be a kinky hair culture okay so thank you thank you thank you i will list all that at the end of this podcast don't forget to follow us on instagram youtube facebook clubhouse we on Clubhouse, we got Kinky Hair Culture Club. So make sure y'all follow us because we into, we have so many amazing people that hit the stage and educate you as well on your natural hair. And you can be asked questions there too. So check us out. We everywhere, okay? And don't, last but not least, don't forget, I mean, don't forget to follow us, okay? Follow us so you can stay in tune with everybody and everything that's going on. All right, and on our on our um, website, we have brands where you can click that I have used in my hair and shop. Okay, so we we giving you everything, but if we give you everything and you don't take the advice, then you know you know what happens, right? Okay, but God bless. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and until next time, you never know who we're gonna have. We're here to help you. Be blessed. Bye. Little girl with the pressing curl. Eight I got a jerry curl. Thirteen and I got a relaxer. I was a source of so much laughter. Fifteen when it all broke off. Eighteen when I went on natural. February 2002, I went on and did what I had to do.
Cause it was time to change my life To become the woman that I am inside